Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life. I'm Janine Strong, if you didn't figure that out. And today I have, I think, something that's going to be very, very special. My guest today is Lisa Barnett, and she connects with the Akashic Records, and she can read the Akashic Records. She teaches others how to do it. She's an internationally recognized author, teacher, and healer with more than 20 years of experience in the Spiritual Healing Forum. She's an authority on connecting people to the ancient wisdom of the Akashic Records. She founded the Akashic Knowing School of Wisdom, where thousands of students from around the world have learned to access their own soul's intelligence to live more fulfilled lives. And I'd like to just take a couple of sentences from her website that she wrote up. With my non-touch healing technique, I travel back into your past lives or childhood and release pain and fear and negative energy that reside in your pain body. We will clear the karma and the connected contracts and vows so you can move forward in life with ease, grace, and happiness. So we're going to find out how she does that and how she learned how to do this. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi, Janine. I am fabulous. Thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. <clears throat> We've had a long conversation beforehand, and I feel like I have a new soul sister. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my pleasure. It's been so fun. Okay, so let's start with, first of all, what are the Akashic Records? And how did you come to read them and help people with your readings? Well, so the Akashic Records is the recording of your soul's journey from the mm-hmm. very moment your soul individuated from source until it possibly returns home one day. Everything you have ever done, every place, plane, dimension you've ever lived in mm-hmm. is all recorded in your personal Akashic library. And I like to look at it as a library because I think it's kind of just an easy concept. So if you imagine that you have this beautiful, I like to see mine as a stone library (laughs) with every book representing a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So we have thousands and thousands of books because not only do we live here on Earth, 500, 700, you know, 900 lives, Um, We live in other places, planes, and dimensions for thousands of other lifetimes. Mm -hmm. So it's all there and recorded, and you have your own librarians to help you find the important information for you. Oh, interesting. Now, when we're here incarnated in in human bodies, can we also, can our souls be somewhere else too? Oh, absolutely. So I think, and I know it's a little challenging to wrap our brains around, but I believe that there really is no time, right? Mm -hmm. And so that means that all of those lifetimes that you've lived are all happening simultaneously. Mm -hmm. I do believe that too. Intellectually, it's hard to really get my, wrap my head around how that works, but there's this inner knowing that I have that that is the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's actually because of that that I can go 
into the quantum field and heal past life trauma or challenges or vows mm. because it's actually happening now. Got and it. so then we can actually receive that healing in our body now and feel that energy shift from clearing some past life trauma. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. So how did you get interested in this? <laughs> well, um, as you know, it's a bit of a long story, but <laughs> I'll try to do the abridged uh, version. So, <laughs> so when I was three years old, I remember trying to explain something to my parents or to my mother, and she wasn't understanding what I was trying to explain. Mm -hmm. And I had a moment, a, a really an epiphany of like, oh my gosh, I'm trapped in a human body again. Mm. And I remember this moment. I remember remembering not mm. being in a body. Mm -hmm. So there I was at three years old. And I'm imagining being able to converse with ease with my etheric buddies, mm -hmm. not having to use a billion words, right? Right, right. <laughs> and realizing as I'm standing there in the kitchen, oh, I can't do that. And this is so frustrating. And what the heck is going on? So that was kind of my crazy epiphany. And um, I told my mother I wanted to go back. And of course, she couldn't figure out how to send me back, although she probably would have been happy to if she could have figured it out. <laughs> but, um, you know, I went on to, of course, I, I, was, I was a baby. I was three years old. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I always say, you know, I basically fell back asleep again. I went on with my life, whatever. You know, I went to school. I had my friends. Mm -hmm. But even in those experiences, I can remember feeling so deeply connected to another little child that I met when I was four years old. And we became so close that our parents became so close that her parents moved across the street from us. So it was like, there's more here than just, you know, baby buddies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I actually went on and started studying um, spirituality in the 60s and 70s because I was living in California at that time and I was very conscious and there was stuff to read. Mm -hmm. So, Well, California is, was a good place to be if that's that's your, your bent to, to study spiritual things at that time anyway. Absolutely. No, it was completely, you know, useful. None of my friends in high school or college thought I was crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, I could, I could study philosophy at the university. It was very, very helpful. But mm -hmm. it wasn't really until... The, uh, almost another 15 years or so later when I had finally gone back. I, I had a whole career um, in, in advertising. I spent about 10 years, almost 15 years in advertising. Oh, uh-huh. What, what field be were human. you in? What, yeah, <laughs> trying to be a, a human being. What field were you in with advertising? Health or? Well, yeah, no, I actually started, um, I got a degree in commercial photography. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And I worked for a while as a photographer, as a photographer assistant. I did some um, catalog photography back in the day. And then I, I, I just decided that wasn't really, you know, what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And one of the um, 
people I had met who had worked at an agency hired me as a production director, and I started producing ads because I had a good eye for color, and, and I got very involved in really producing the print ads at that mm-hmm. time. It was print advertising back in the 70s and 80s. And I was with J. Walter Thompson and got to work in the John Hancock building in Chicago. And that was some kind of fun and wild times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, you, you haven't always been a reader of the Akashic Records. You actually had a, I guess we'll call it a human, you know, a basic human life. Right. In in a sense. So it was it was interesting because what happened for me was here I was, I start studying at thirteen, fourteen, I'm studying at the university. But when I was thirteen years old, one of my very best friends had a brain tumor and she um went into the hospital and they did surgery and she went into a coma. And I I got a phone call from my other best friend. The three of us were these soul sisters. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she said, you know, Marsha's in a coma. And, and I was like, oh, I, I've got to heal her. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how. And I sat there, uh, you know, kind of all night long thinking, how do you heal somebody? I know I'm supposed to heal her, but I don't know how I, I don't even know how to pray. I wasn't even raised religiously. I have no concept because at that point, I'm 13. I hadn't mm-hmm. actually started he- studied healing yet. Okay. So when she died, it was quite a trauma to me because I felt responsible. Oh. I felt that it had been my job to heal her. It was really her, um, her coma and her eventual death that triggered me to start studying. And and there I was in, in California, and I start reading, you know, Baba Ramdas, Be Here Now, and mm-hmm. Journeys Out of the Body, one of my favorite books by mm-hmm. um, Robert Monroe. Yes. You, uh, probably were very familiar oh, with yes. him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And so I literally started studying all of that. And then about six years later, my other best friend, who really I considered my sister, um, died in a free car accident. Oh, dear. And I waited all night for her to come and say goodbye, and she didn't come. Hmm. And again, I just, of course, felt there was something wrong with me. I wasn't good enough. I should have saved her. I should have been there. I should have talked her out of getting in that car. You know how we do that Mm -hmm. human thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And there was nothing I could do. She was, she was dead. And and back then, you know, it was the seventies, and. I wasn't flying all the way from California to Chicago to go to her funeral. No one offered to send me back to the funeral. No one offered to send me to a um, a therapist. Mm, I just mm-hmm. kind of went on, you know, mm. yeah. on my own kind of trying to figure things out. And so part of what I realized is that these turned into really huge traumas in my life. And what, what the, the first, the first death triggered me remembering that I was a healer and that I had come to really do something. And the second death pissed me off so badly <laughs> that I basically told, you know, you know, mother, father, God is God, whatever the God of your understanding to take a leap to, you know, F off. I am not doing what I came to do. I have been awake since I was three years old. I have been studying through my teenage years. I'm studying philosophy at college. 
I am over it. I am done. I am going to try and be a human, whatever the heck that is. And again, in California, at those, at those, in those times in the seventies and, and, um, early 80s was very much about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I basically said, I'm going down that road. I got a job as a bartender at a, uh, a hot spot in San Francisco at the time. And um, I had a grand old time <laughs> and, <laughs> and said, I'm going to make money. I'm going to travel. I'm going to party. I'm going to do, you know, whatever it is I can do to forget everything I know. And how well did that work? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it actually it actually did work. Here's the interesting thing. It worked for a while. Mm-hmm. Until that triggered another awakening and remembering which was chronic fatigue and mm. I had to find somebody who could help me with my chronic fatigue cuz the basic doctors of the day had no idea what that meant. Right. And I found an acupuncturist who said, I can help you heal your body, but I can't help you heal your soul. I think you should go see this friend of mine who's an amazing clairvoyant psychic, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> who said to me, you're a healer. Mm -hmm. And basically, my consciousness, my conscious awareness that I had at 13 has now come full circle at, you know, 33. Okay. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. And so I eventually started to study energy healing. And that's what I, that's what I did for about six years. I studied energy healing and became a healer, a uh, clairvoyant, uh, intuitive, you know, healer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I opened a little healing center in my um, little suburban <laughs> shopping center. <laughs> it was, you know, I was a mom and I had little babies and I had this little healing center and it was, it was lovely. And so I, as I was doing readings and healings for people, every once in a while I get this big booming voice and all of this really expansive information. Mm. And I think, wow, that was amazing. <laughs> and then on I go. I was busy. I had to go home to the kids and to, you know, shopping and cooking and getting everybody off to school in the morning, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then a couple weeks would go by or a couple months would go by. And again, what I realized in hindsight was that when I would connect energetically with another um, person who had the energetic resonance to the Akashic field is we could pop into that energy and I would get this huge expansive information from the Akashic records. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing was that when I studied with my healing teacher for six years, she said to me, she said to us, um, go up to the gates of the Akashic Record and ask for healing energy, Akashic wisdom and energy for your client after you've cleared them and released a lot of old energy. And now we've created space in their system. So you want to fill them up with their highest Akashic energy. Oh, but okay. you can't go into the records. Oh, why not? Because you weren't allowed. 
Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so I would stand there at the gate. Again, here is my, I'm looking at this beautiful little stone building with this big wrought iron gate and marble stairs and the doors would open and some mystical looking character would come out on the marble stairs and I'd say, please, sir, can my client have some energy mm-hmm. now that I've cleared a lot of their old stuff, their old junk, right? Mm-hmm. Their old contracts, their old people that were in their space, whatever it was. And they would say, of course. And I would see this energy come down and fill them up. And mm-hmm. I'd think, great, thank you. Bye mm-hmm. for now. Mm-hmm. And off we go. So you could actually so, see the energy. I could. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Right. But I was, you know, I don't know, young, mm-hmm. <laughs> naive. I just was like, that's what my teacher told me. You can go to the, the gates of the records, but you're not allowed in. So what happened many years later when I realized I was that the, this big booming voice and all this expansive information was coming from the Akashic Records, and I said, you know, why was I taught that you weren't allowed to go in? And they said, because back during the Dark Ages, so about 1000 mm-hmm. AD, okay. the information from the Akashic field was being misused for people's own personal gain. Ah. And mm-hmm. so the record keepers, these energetic beings of, of pure source energy, pulled the vibration away from Earth so that the only people could, who could access that energy any longer were, you know, mystics, were, were really wise people who were monks or mm-hmm. um, some sort of, you know, spiritual leader or teacher. Mm-hmm. So why did that change? Well, what they said was that in around the 60s, 70s, 80s, we were moving into, we had been moving into a new um, energy alignment. We moved out of the old energy, the old, really what we know now is that the um, end of the Mayan calendar at at 2012 Mm -hmm. was the end of a 26,000 plus year yuga that had been going on okay and in 2012 we are we moved into a new vibrational alignment and we are actually moving into a new golden age Mm -hmm. that we have not experienced in 26,000 years or more Mm -hmm. so they said it's time to realign and to bring the energy back to humanity to help humanity to awaken because Each of us have our very own personal Akashic library with our own librarians, and it is your birthright to know what that information is that's in your Akashic record. Interesting. So it's your birthright to know. Uh Uh-huh. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah. Hmm. That's what they said to me when they said, would you please help us bring this information back to humanity? (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. And did you and just like, jump right on it? Right, right. No, not so much. I said, <laughs> I have three babies. What are you, nuts? You know? <laughs> and of course, I said, why would I do that? I am so busy. You know, how would I do that? Humanity, no one even knows what the Akashic Records are. I've just recently realized that I can access them, you know, and they said, 
they said quite a few things to me over the years, but they said, you know, it's important for people mm-hmm. um, to to remember, to recall really the truth of who you are as infinite and wise souls and to be able to reclaim some of our gifts and talents from other lifetimes and conscious awareness from other lives and other worlds or realms or dimensions. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, of course, said to them, you know, okay, why me? I'm busy. I'm a housewife here. I'm a mom. My, my, um, my name back in the day was Swami Mommy. Was my <laughs> mom. <laughs> right? Because kids were first and center for, you know. Uh-huh. And, um, and so they said, you know, we are calling on you, we're showing up, and we've been yelling at you for five years, right? <laughs> because not only are you dense, but you actually were one of us at one point in the very beginning. And so we would like you to come and help us again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, so, Lisa, I've got a question. So mm-hmm. if if one is feeling rather limited and trapped by the <clears throat> limitations of the human body, um does it help to know all of this or does it make it harder <laughs> knowing mm. that that there is this more expansive way of being and but right now you're you can't really access it um i just wonder if that would you know kind of make you feel worse or would it make you feel better to know <laughs> well of course we are so unique and so <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be different for everyone. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was really quite profound. So Mm -hmm. what I realized is that especially when I started to um, access the records consciously Mm -hmm. and I could go in and talk to my record keepers and say things like, okay, you know, show me a lifetime in which I actually, you know, did this, which I I could, you know, channel the records, or I was an oracle, or I was part of, you know, one of the ancient mystery schools. Show me some of this so I can remember and actually believe it's true. Mm-hmm. When I could see it and kind of re-experience it in some way, um, it was so eye-opening. It was heart-opening. It was like, wow, wow. I I really came here for a reason. Mm-hmm. I have these gifts. I'm not just some silly little muggle. I'm not just making this all up. I've done this many different times. So it sounds like you feel it reconnected you to your purpose. Yes. Was that absolutely. accurate? Okay. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I think yeah. that that would help just about anyone. Um, you know, I think at times in our life, I, I know for myself, I'll speak for myself, uh, I felt that I had a pretty clear purpose. And I know for me, when I feel that way, I I feel much more uplifted, more joyful. And when I'm not sure what my purpose is and, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing, I definitely feel, hmm, what's the word, (laughs) you know, more depressed or sad or, you know, just not happy with my life. Right. I know we feel kind of lost, right? Mm -hmm. Adrift or Mm -hmm. something like that. Lost is Um, a good way to put it, yeah. 
Yeah. So what the record keepers always say is that, you know, our purpose, one, we don't have just one purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's very important for people to realize that we have numerous purposes throughout our life. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that purpose is about um, being the communicator like you are right now. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's about being the connector. Or maybe it's about writing that book or teaching that lesson, maybe just to your children or your best friends or sharing some wisdom with one person that transforms their life, Mm -hmm. right? So they always say it's not a job description, right? (laughs) We don't come here to work at a job. But it's about connecting to our gifts. And and we all have these kind of gifts, whether we're working with the earth herself and helping to light up the ley lines and the grids to raise the vibration on the planet, or we're here just to be that love that Mm -hmm. can shift someone one day, right? We can be at that perfect place that day where we we may not even know that we created a miracle for someone. We may have saved someone's life just by being the energy vibration that we are. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I, I certainly agree with that. So, oh dear, am I having a senior moment again? Um, Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) It happens all the time. Luckily, see, that's why I like being able to edit. Oh, darn. Now I really did lose it. It will come to me back to me, though. So if someone is questioning, you know, what their purpose is right now, because it, as you were saying, I think it does change throughout our lives um, as we grow and evolve. Um, although I can imagine that someone may have a purpose that goes throughout their lifetime. But for people like me, uh, that it seems to be constantly changing within the parameter of being of service. But you're not sure like where where you're where you're at right now, what you're supposed to be doing, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. It sounds like having a reading or being able to connect with the Akashic Records could be really useful. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, what I find is that for many people, many of my clients, they really find a reading um, very validating because often we have what we think are crazy ideas, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're like, Mm -hmm. I I think maybe I'm supposed to write a book, but I don't know why, or I'm not sure what I'm supposed to write about. And is that crazy? Right? Mm -hmm. And when, you know, when we get a reading, we can ask the record keepers and what might they want to be bringing forward and what is that connection and what else can we know about that and have we ever written a book before and let's reclaim some of that information and that wisdom from other lifetimes to make it easier for us. Mm, now, and, okay, that's a good point. So when when you connect with, um, when you help somebody connect to their Akashic Records or you do it, is is some of that information more accessible after that? Oh, absolutely. So mm. one of the things, like we were talking about, of course, the Akashic Record is in the quantum field of the all, and everything we're doing is all happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I found is the ability to heal trauma, mm-hmm. to heal things, 
and release energy that is creating a block in our life so that we can then actually go on and reclaim some of these gifts and talents that we may have wanted to bring to mm-hmm. earth, okay. but we've been blocked from it. So so kind of as an example, um, I had um, this lovely doctor come to me and she said, you know, I have a great practice, but I really want to go out there in a bigger way with, you know, being more of a, a, a naturopathic doctor. Okay. And I really want to be on the stage and I want to have a podcast and I want to write books and I'm terrified. <laughs> I can't make myself do any of it. And yet I'm a doctor, right? I have all this information and I'm stuck. I'm frozen. Interesting. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that does was, sound like a big agenda, right? <laughs> Where would you start, well, right? <laughs> right. So really, the, it, here was the fascinating um, and, and kind of simple thing that happened. I opened her records. Mm-hmm. I asked the record keepers, what can we know? What can we clear? What can we do? Right. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, she was um, a doctor in the Middle Ages mm-hmm. and was considered a witch and was killed. Ah. Mm-hmm. Because she was sharing herbs and teaching people how to make herbal tinctures. Mm-hmm. And even though she was a midwife, she had lots of skills. And, you know, mm-hmm. they called her out as a witch and she got herself burned at the stake. And that trauma on that deathbed or on that death stake, mm-hmm. she said, I will never do that again. Mm-hmm. I will never share my gifts like that because they got me killed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these kind of vows are phenomenally powerful. Interesting. I went back into that lifetime. I got her off that stake. We cleared the emotional pain and trauma. She got to walk away, and which is fascinating to watch sometimes when we can clear some of this energy and the story that's going on. I've seen a person be beheaded and then have their head pop back on their head onto their body and get up and walk away. Wow. Now, is there, is this like a different timeline then that's, that's happening or? Right. So we can have these different timelines that are happening. We can shift in energy. We can heal that story of being, you know, um, called out and, and um, called a witch and going through a witch trial in which you're, sent to, you know, to the guillotine or to the, to be burned at the stake. Mm-hmm. And we can literally energetically almost go back pre that happening. Mm-hmm. So we can clear those contracts and we can clear that, that energy that's building. So it doesn't happen. And then no one ever says you're a witch and they get to go on being the doctor that they are, the wise woman or teacher that they are without ever getting, having to die. Wow. So we shift the trajectory because we're in the quantum field of the all. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we kind of just go back and, and clear that from kind of before. And so literally, it was phenomenal. She emailed me about a week later after that one session, that one big healing. And she said, I have booked myself on a stage to to speak with some other kind of um, alternative um, doctors, Mm -hmm. alternative medicine doctors. And I'm 
I'm set it up. I'm starting my podcast. Oh, wow. (laughs) And this is just a week later. Seriously, she was so ready. It was the craziest thing. I've never seen anybody honestly chomping at the bit so hard and yet just not being able to pick up a phone and make a phone call and say, hey, tell me about you know, starting a podcast. I hear that you do that for people or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And um wow. and she just bang ran forward full steam ahead and um it was and it was beautiful and and profound. And so that's what a gift. The- what a gift to be able to help people <laughs> like that. I mean, for somebody who is obviously very accomplished, knows what she wants to do and just can't just can't take that step. And to do your work, and there she is now free to move forward. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. It's a, it is a beautiful gift. I, I feel very, very blessed to be able to access this information and energy. And, and that's kind of what happened many years ago after the record keepers talked to me and yelled at me for about five years, and they finally <laughs> got my attention, and I finally figured out who they were. And I you know, we worked together and, and went forward for quite a while. And they said, we want you to start a school. Oh. And I said, you know, again, I'm busy. Why? <laughs> um, that's a lot of work. Yeah, you know it, it is. And um, they said, they actually said two things. They said, because you're very galactic and we want to give you access keys that will help all of the galactic starseed souls on the planet, which honestly are really all of us. Um, mm-hmm. to access the Akashic Records with greater ease. Mm-hmm. And then they also said, and you are a healer, and we want you to teach people to heal through the Akashic Records. Wow. So you took up the torch, I assume? I did. They convinced me. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> I, of course, said, prove it to me first, let mm-hmm. me say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I said, okay, prove it to me. Give me these sacred keys, which are access, um, they're sacred prayers, which work as an access key oh, to okay. open the door to the Akashic Records. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, give me some, and I'll see if they work. Mm-hmm. And? And they did. <laughs> they gave me three. I gave them to to my my friends at the time who also were able to access the Akashic Records. I said, try out these these prayers, these access prayers, see if they work, because I can't tell. You know, it's coming through me. It's mm-hmm. just all a muddle. Mm-hmm. And they all came back with the exact same phrase, which oh, was really the clincher. Uh-huh. They all said, they're faster, lighter, and deeper oh, than what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, faster, lighter, and deeper. Okay. And I said, okay, I will do the work to write the manuals and to start teaching this. And then I was very blessed. Many of them really came with me as and um, learned my whole teaching program. And so I have uh, a dozen or two um, Akashic teachers who have trained in my my work also, as well as certified Akashic Record consultants and healers that I've trained. Nice. Now, I assume the uh, the Akashic Record Keepers helped you write the, all of this 
because that's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, absolutely. I totally basically channel everything, which is always kind of fun. So I lock myself in a room for, you know, a day or three and <laughs> I just kind of download and that's how I've written my books and mm-hmm. the manuals. And so sometimes it's fun to read. Well, it's often very fun to read the manuals because it's kind of like reading something someone else wrote. Right. Because yep, it wasn't I mean. really me, it was them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. So let's talk a little bit about your books. Is The Infinite Wisdom of the Akashic Records, is that your first one? Or was From Questioning to Knowing your first book? Well, I wrote them in backwards order, apparently. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so The Infinite Wisdom of the Akashic Records is the first book I wrote but okay. will end up being the third book in the series oh, when I get my third book out. That will be the first one. <laughs> okay. Oh, interesting. interesting. Right. Apparently, I just started in the timeline in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, now, I've been reading your book, From Questioning to Knowing 73 Prayers to Transform Your Life. And I have to say, I was very pleasantly surprised because when I see prayers, it kind of because to me that has a very religious connotation. So it kind of put me off. But then when I started reading it and looking at them, I was like, wow, these are amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So it was an interesting process because um, I actually spent 10 years as a prayer practitioner with the Golden Gate Center for Spiritual Living. Okay. And what the Centers for Spiritual Living are, they had been called um, science of mind or religious science. Okay. They were um, part, their sister churches to the unity churches, which mm-hmm. are better known because they have an easier name. Right. And, <laughs> and um, so I actually spent 10 years doing this kind of prayer work, channeling prayer energy literally through my body for people mm-hmm. and through my field, you know, really just divine source energy and wisdom and truth. And mm-hmm. so the funny thing was I wrote the infinite wisdom of the Akashic records. And about two years later, the record keeper said to me, time to write another book. And I said, okay, what are we writing? And they said, a prayer book. And I said, really? <laughs> and they said, did you forget that you spent 10 years as a prayer practitioner? And I said, yes, actually, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to just blame it all on the fact that I really just live in this now moment all the time. I am really always in this present moment. Um, But (laughs) I'm also phenomenally forgetful, and it wasn't even particularly a senior moment. But... um, I was raising my little children at the point where I was really doing a lot of this prayer work because it just seemed to fit in. And there was, you know, um, and when I, when I left that world, I just immediately forgot about it and went on. Right. And I started teaching Akashic courses and writing manuals and doing all this work. So when they said, please do this, they said, because it's a good stepping stone for people. And, I write about, um, in the book, I write about, um, these, these soul, these families we pick, right? Why would mm-hmm. people often say, why would I pick this kind of 
messed up family. Why would I pick these abusive people? You know, it's a good why question. would I do this? Yeah. Well, it is a good question. And so I definitely answer a lot of that in the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And And that real answer is that we are so much more than we remember we are. And we come to often support these people. Mm-hmm. So if you imagine you were born into a family and you have an alcoholic parent and you had said when you wrote your soul's plan, I want to go and support that person. They're part of my soul family. We've been together for so many lives and they've fallen in this, you know, soup and they can't remember or they've fallen in this muck and mire and they can't remember who they are. And they're trying to drown their pain and their sorrow of feeling lost and separate Mm. with alcohol Mm -hmm. or drugs or whatever it is or anger. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go down, I'm going to be the child, and they'll remember me. Well, Got it. Often mm-hmm. they don't. Right. <clears throat> it often do- it, it sometimes does, but it often doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so there we are having, you know, we all have amnesia now. Mm-hmm. And we've all forgotten who we are in truth. And we go through this experience um, as a child of an alcoholic and you know, often we have, um, uh, you know, we're, we may be ignored or we may be abandoned or whatever might happen, you know, right? right. We may mm-hmm. have to take care of our, our parent and, and do the shopping and cook the meals because they're passed out, you know, mm-hmm. on the couch already at, when we get home from school, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But it's all about the growth. It Honestly, as a soul, as an infinite soul, it's about the soul growth and learning. Well, I have to, I have to be honest here and say it really pisses me off that we have to forget, or most of us do anyway, um, when we incarnate into human bodies. I think life would be <laughs> so much more pleasant and enjoyable if we had a memory of who we really are. No? Doesn't that seem... Uh, well, it didn't work out that way for me, though, because, again, remember, I, I knew yeah, I was trapped true. in a body at three, and I was mad. Mm, that's true. <laughs> I was almost mm. more angry because I'm like, damn it, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yet I, I couldn't really do anything about it because right. I was three. Mm-hmm. And even at 13, I start, I grabbed the reins, but I was still pissed. And then when my friends started dying, I was really angry. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can so imagine. It had its own challenges. Um, and of course, I, you know, part of what I wanted to learn and it would part of, you know, if you kind of look at that big picture. So when you go in the records and you talk to your librarians, these phenomenal, pure light, pure love beings, and they say, but you wanted to remember and you wanted to learn and you wanted to teach this work. And this is how you plan to do it. And you even planned to have your friends abandon you so that you could go through this experience of abandonment and separation and anger so that you could relearn these lessons so that you could become compassionate for yourself that you could have these human experiences. You are not better than anyone else because of all the experiences you had. Mm-hmm. It gave you compassion, right? Right. And so that was your plan. As crazy as it seems, that was what you chose. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I do think that the difficulties, the challenges that we go through in life help us to be better prepared to help others. You know, that that there's a a greater purpose uh, in our challenges. Because Absolutely. we, yeah, we really can. I mean, there's on one level, we can understand what someone's going through. But if we've been through it in some way, there's just a, a, a whole different, a whole different connection, a whole different way of being able to help someone when you've actually been there too. Right. Absolutely. And, and it's the same reason that we choose you know, families that have challenges that, that, you know, like we were talking earlier, I I would say probably 80 or 90% of families are dysfunctional in some way or other. Mm -hmm. And when we can kind of figure it out, work through it, be the love, be forgiveness, really move into compassion, we can help. Sometimes it's our younger siblings. Sometimes it's other friends who are experiencing dysfunctional families like ours. Sometimes we decide to go on and become a therapist and help families to be more conscious and less dysfunctional, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yep. So we bring all of our trauma when we can understand, I've had this traumatic experience and now I can heal from that emotional pain and trauma that we can actually take those lessons that we've learned and share them as part of our teaching, our gifts mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. with other people. Right. We are truly, you know, living on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the uh, uh, turning lemons into lemonade, you know, <laughs> that whole idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know. It is. It's a great, you know, it's a great saying because, you know, what I've seen is that probably over the 10,000 Akashic Record reading and healing sessions I've done over the last 20 whatever years is that it's it's (laughs) go and try to add them up. And I'm like, really? Wow. Uh, (laughs) More stories. But anyway. Um, but but what really I realize is that the common denominator with most of my clients is I don't know what my purpose is. I'm blocked from being able to move more fully or consciously into my gifts mm-hmm. or my purpose. And I've had so much trauma in my life, I just feel stuck and in a mm-hmm. lot of emotional pain. So it's often a little bit of one or the other. A lot of people come like, purpose, I just don't get it. And I just am afraid I'm not on purpose. And of course, if we've had a lot of trauma, then we often are really blocked from being able to feel our own intuitive knowingness and our own gifts that we can, we don't believe, we don't trust ourselves, right? We don't have faith in ourselves that we could actually mm-hmm. do something that was of service, that was helpful, that maybe we were these bigger, wise souls who maybe were part of some of the ancient mystery schools, or maybe were healers or writers or inventors or 
wise women and men or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. all we've mm-hmm. been. And that we're many of us are here to help really um, as, as earth guardians right now, really starting to, to communicate with the, the animals and help the animals to feel more safe and to wake up the grid lines and the ley lines of the planet and, and move energy around the world just mm-hmm. through our travel. Mm-hmm. And our visiting mm-hmm. of sacred sites, right. right? We were talking about, I had been to, you know, three countries to visit three different groups of pyramids on the planet mm-hmm. during COVID. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it was, yeah, it was a perfect time because, like, Egypt had gone very dormant. The sacred sites and pyramids, and I went to about oh my goodness. 18, were really, there was no one in them for wow. months. What a gift to be able to do that and not have a lot of crowds. And, you know, it, it, it would just feel like a much more personal experience. Right. It was empty. There was no one else there. We could sit for hours and just meditate in the phenomenal vibration. And it was not cluttered with other people's energy. It was it was really honestly so profound to be able to sit in these temples and go into all of these pyramids really you know virtually alone. I was with 20 mm-hmm. other people. Um it it was you know phenomenal but it was about helping to realign the planet and realign some of our old um, visions and truth. And so many of us are doing these kinds of things consciously mm-hmm. and unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Wow. <clears throat> I have to say I'm envious because that is still on my list to go to the, the Egyptian pyramids and temples. <clears throat> I would go sooner than later if you could, because I think they're wow. still pretty empty. Wow. I have to see <laughs> if I can find a small group to go with. So let's say somebody wants to access their Akashic records uh, now, is that something like, do you have to have someone do that for you? Or can you do you teach people to uh, learn how to access their own records? Or how does that work? I absolutely teach people. That was what happened when the record keepers said to me all those years ago, please help us bring this information back to humanity and really anchor it back on the planet so that more and more and more people can actually mm-hmm. access it so that you have this tool to use every single day of your life. So what I find is is that if people are feeling a lot of trauma, emotional pain, and turmoil, it's usually helpful to get a reading and a healing before you learn yeah. at least once, if not you know, more than once, depending on how mm-hmm, how up mm-hmm. our trauma is, right? And um, but I teach uh, three workshops online every okay. year right now, and I usually have a hundred or so people mm-hmm. in these workshops. So I'm teaching, you know, three hundred plus people around the globe. Um, and uh, I, you know, I mean, there's always people who who are still unsure, insecure. Mm-hmm. It's a right. process. Right. But it is one that is getting so much easier to access every every day, every mm, month, every interesting. year. Interesting. Well, and I can see how it might be beneficial to have your own experience w- with someone guiding you um, before you learn how to do it yourself. Right. Right. 
And and it's one of the reasons I really like to teach people um in a in a group online. And you know, I also have home study workshops so so people do download my home study and they do it on their own. But the nice thing of of doing a live class, you know, one of the three times during the year is because, you know, I'm holding the energy consciously for the group mm-hmm. in this moment. And then you can ask questions like, this is what I got. What about that? Is this really my record? Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. record keepers, do they speak that way? Or, oh my gosh, I noticed that they say dear mm-hmm. ones to me and, and it feels so loving. Is that them? Right. Is it me? You know, because we often have a lot of self doubt sure. when we start doing sure. something yeah. mm-hmm. so different, mm-hmm. right? So when is your next uh, live uh, class? It starts uh, the first week, I ah. think, in February. In February 2022. 20, oh, God, 22. already. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now, you are working on a TED Talk, aren't you? Because I believe your next book was supposed to come out this month, but it's been postponed because you have this TED Talk to prepare. What's the title of your TED Talk? Do you know yet? <laughs> Well, I am not sure about the TED Talk yet, but something like Healing Trauma Through the Akashic Records. Although I don't think TED will let me say Akashic Records, so I'm going to have to figure out how to say it differently, but that is the gist of the talk. Why don't you think they'd let you say Akashic Records? Is it too far out? Oh, they have very clear, oh yeah, they've got very clear guidelines, which of Mm. course I had to read. And they say things like new age, you know, kind of woo-woo information is not really appropriate for a TEDx and things like that. You know, kind of new age, uh, um, you know, quantum science, Mm -hmm. faux science is not appropriate. It's supposed to be kind of scientific. But the person whose stage I'm on, um, says we get around that by you telling your story and you can tell, I can talk about my, the trauma I experienced when my mm-hmm. two friends mm-hmm. died, the, you know, the, the really dark hole I slipped down for many years and, you know, here in California with the mm-hmm. sex, drugs mm-hmm. and rock and roll and how I came out of it and realized, um, that I could access the Akashic Records and that I could heal people with this energy, with this information, um, actually being able to move outside of time and space mm-hmm. and heal people. So um, I get to say it, Got it. personally. Yeah. So there is a way around it. <laughs> Good. Yep. Uh, interesting. Yep. <laughs> interesting. So Lisa, if people wanted to connect with you, how might they do that? So um, you can find all of my information on my website, which is akashicknowing.com. Akashic and spell Akashic for those who don't know how to spell that. Okay, yes. It's A-K-A-S-H-I-C mm-hmm. and then knowing, mm-hmm. K-N-O-W-I-N-G. Everything, my workshops, my um, books are, are there. You can get links to my books. There are guided meditations. There's a lovely free gift right on the on the home page that you'll land on at Akashic Knowing. You can download my free meditation that will take you on a beautiful journey into the mm, Akashic lovely. Record. Is that the one with, um, I was reading the one where you're pouring the golden light in, or is that a different one? 
That's a different one. That is, and I have about a dozen meditations. If you look at my um, under products, you'll see home study workshops, and then mm-hmm. you'll see meditations. So I have about a dozen um, meditations, and what you're thinking of is either called the golden egg meditation oh, yes. or yeah. the rainbow yeah. rainbow shield meditation. Right. But, yeah, the other one is called Journey into the Akashic Records or Akashic Realm, and you get to go into your library. I guide you into the records, and and there's a beautiful garden behind um, your Akashic library, and we can bathe in the River of Forgiveness and clear some old karma, reclaim three gifts from other lifetimes, so it's just a beautiful mm. uh, meditation. Sounds very nice. I am going to check that out, definitely. If people wanted to make an appointment with you for a reading, would they do it through your website? Yes, okay. it is under the consultation buttons. You can read more. You can purchase and schedule right there. And that's really the easiest way to go about everything. Okay. When you keep me out of the mix, it, <laughs> it goes much faster. <laughs> oh, okay. That's great. So Lisa, is there any anything that you haven't shared that you you would like to before we close? <laughs> the record keepers always love to share some some bit of wisdom. Okay. And so what they what they'd really like everyone to embrace in this moment is the infinite aspect of who you are as a wise wise soul. And they want you to feel that energy that love that they feel for each and every one of you, Mm. that they are here to support you on your path. (sighs) Thank you. Well, I know I have what I call my team, and boy, if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I'd be because I'm always asking Mm. them for help. (laughs) Right, and that's what the record keepers are saying because a lot of people don't have a team or they, you know, just have not yet connected up to all these amazing beings that are here in service to us. And so the record keepers want us to know, really, you know, be aware that they are here. Every single person has their own Akashic library and a and team of at least a dozen Akashic record keepers that are here in service to you. Mm-hmm. And they'd love to talk to you and share information and answer your questions and help you do healing. Well, it's been my experience that over the years that the more that I connect with them, the more I ask for help, the more I talk to them, the more they do. And it just, it's like they're they are so excited that you're actually listening <laughs> and connecting and they're just waiting. I mean, I, I do feel that we all have a team or we have uh, souls or beings that are there to help us. It's just that we're not connecting with them for some reason. It's not that they're not there. We're, we just haven't made the connection. Absolutely. And it, it can be very profound. And I, I love that you say that because that's what I keep teaching my students every day. Because of course, People take my workshop and the first day, now realize this is a 12-hour workshop, it's six sessions, mm-hmm. and right, so it's deep. I have 
a boatload of information <laughs> to impart, or they do, <laughs> and lots of tools and guided visualizations and just really to help and support you. And so it's not quite the magic bullet that a lot of people would like, you know, but what I say, what the record keeper says, we have an access prayer that moves us into the Akashic Records, and then we need to start to practice asking questions and receiving the information. Mm -hmm. And it can be a process to clear some of our blocks, to open our clairs, to start to receive and to trust right. that we are receiving information. Big word, trust. Yes, trust, trust. is really important. The, the more we practice and the more we get some information and go, oh, you know, I know that didn't come from me because I, I didn't know that. I wouldn't have said that. Mm -hmm the more we can kind of prove to ourselves that's how we build trust usually. Mm -hmm. And the more we do it, the deeper we go, the more present they are, the more they talk to us. Right. And the more, like you say, um, the more they can help us. And I always say, you know, partly because I'm on a, a mission um, <laughs> for them, mm -hmm. but I actually, when I wrote the um, Infinite Wisdom of the Akashic Records, I won a contest um, that I put that book into a contest and I won the first prize, which was an agent who got me a book deal. Oh, wow. Good for you. And it was not me. Uh -huh. It was them. Right, right. <laughs> well, I definitely find that the more you pay attention and act on those inner knowings that you get or the little voice in your head or whatever it is for you, the more you'll get, the more they'll give you. And if you just ignore them, then I don't know, maybe they get bored or something and you just don't get much. But as soon as you, you know, as soon as you start paying attention and actually acting on the information you're being given, uh, the more it just starts snowballing and the more you get. Yes, absolutely. So I think that's phenomenal wisdom mm -hmm. <laughs> for everybody to know. Start talking to your guides, and if you don't know who they are, come take an Akashic Record class, and I'll introduce you to your Akashic Record teachers and masters and lords and all of these beings of light that are here in service to you. Oh, wow. That's a perfect ending, Lisa. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was like it almost was scripted, but I know it wasn't, so excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has really been such a delight. I'm looking forward to uh, having you on again when your uh, when your third, first, whatever it is, your your <laughs> your next book is ready and out to be published. And I believe that's going to be your soul has a plan, awaken to your life purpose, which I think is a very very important title. And I think a lot of people are going to be waiting for that. So we will look forward to that. Thank you. I look forward to being back with you when uh, when the book is out in hopefully early 2022. We'll see how that all rolls out. Yep. Well, well, we'll be in the flow and we'll just, when it happens, it happens. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Lisa. This has really been fun. Thank you for listening, everyone. And thank you so much, Lisa Barnett, for all that you do to help humanity move, uh, let's say, with grace you know, through these challenging times and, and helping to connect people with their source of who they really are. And I think that that awakening is really important right now because 
humanity is awakening to who they are. And I think the, uh, how shall I say it, the faster we can do that, the better right now. (laughs) The podcast website is realjanine.com, J-A-N-E-A-N, and the slideshow videos of my conversations are on BitChute. And remember, her webpage is akashicknowing.com. I will have a link on the podcast webpage, so you can just click on it to go to her website if you like. Please share this conversation with family and friends. And until next time, take care and be well. Be well.